0: Hi friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thank you for joining us and telling your friends about the podcast. We've had the most fun already this season hearing from new friends who are joining us for the first time. So hi, I'm so glad you're here. You just can't even know how much I love getting to do this. So I'm glad that you are with us. And the music in the background is from our sweet friend, Ellie Holcomb, and her new album, Red Sea Road. So make sure you check that out. Today on the podcast is one of my favorite authors, a dear friend who we both realize we don't even know where this all started, our friendship, that is. So my friend Lisa Whittle and I sat down and chatted about her new book, Put Your Warrior Boots On, but also a million other things as we tend to do. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Lisa Whittle. Okay, tell me, I I did not know this about you. You're, like, really good friends with a ton of my Nashville people. How did that happen? Like, how did you and Trish, even though she's indie now, how did you and Trish become such good friends?
1: You know what? Okay, here's how we became friends. I just remembered. Do you remember uh, Shauna Kirk? Yeah, of course. Yeah, from Compassion. Compassion. Okay, so she just said to me, you and Trish are going to love each other. I I love when people do that. Yeah. She just said, you're going to, you're going to connect. And she was totally spot on. Yeah. So you know how some people say you're going to connect, but usually if they know you, they, they like really heart know you, they know who you're going to click with. And, and she was, yeah, I mean, it was a no brainer. I think Trish would connect with anybody, but really like we loved each other from second one.
0: Really? Oh, well, clearly easy to do. I agree with that. She is amazing. I miss them being in Nashville a whole lot.
1: Oh, I, I mean, yeah. So, so then through her, I met like Eve, love her. And, I know. And yeah.
0: she awesome. I, I remember seeing a picture of you at Eve's house.
1: Yeah. yeah. So she's amazing. And um, yeah. So just various people like that.
0: Yeah. I really like that. Cause it means you come to Nashville more often.
1: Well, I, I would like to come even more, but you know how it is with Nashville. It's kind of like with Charlotte. Like you guys have, you're in, in a day with so many amazing speakers that you don't need somebody from Charlotte <laughs> breathing in there, you know? So, you know yeah. I mean, you the mean, the travel
0: right? is less if Nashville people hire Nashville people, probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get so. that. <laughs> anyway,
0: but yeah. Okay. Back so. me up to when you and I became friends. She speaks? It had to be. Well,
1: I don't remember the, our first meeting. Do you? No. It just feels
0: like you've always been.
1: Okay. Because same here. But I think how we met is I think we met through Lisa Turkhurst, our friend, both of our mutual friends. And I think we met because of the She Seeks team. Is that possible?
0: I bet that's exactly what it was. Yes. Oh man, She Seeks. Gosh, I haven't thought about that in
1: so long, Lisa. I know. Blast from the past. So um, I think I think that's how we met. And, um, but we just, you, you and I were sort of that easy fit. Too. Yeah. That's so true. we just always liked each other. And, um, and yeah. So, you know, and then it just kind of happens. We just see each other everywhere. Right.
0: And then an interesting part of our career is that some friends that you consider really good friends, we see two or three times a year.
1: Yes. Just
0: ha- in happenstance as well. You know, like you end up getting booked at the same conference or we're attending the same thing. Or I'm in your city, you're in my city. I mean, that's I have a. I, there's probably ten of y'all that I would consider good friends that can know real stuff, that um, <laughs> that I don't see.
1: I know, and it's and it's fun, and yet it, it makes me sad because I'm like, why am I? I haven't seen Annie in five years. You know, all of a right. sudden you're like, you haven't seen someone. But yeah, it is. There's a real heart connection we get what we do, we we get what we deal with. I mean, there is a beauty in that. And I know you're like me too. You have people in your life that don't do what you do, which is also beautiful because yes. then they don't care a bit about Twitter. You yeah, know what I mean? That's right. or they don't care a bit about, it. and you need both of those people, I think to really get what you do. And then people who don't care a bit about what you do. Honestly. Well, I think
0: that's the same, whether it's your job or your family status or where you go to church or if you go to church, right? Like, I need people in my life who are on my way to you. I just posted this on Instagram story. On my way to you, three of my best friends, and all their kids were walking to the park. So I like pulled into the park real quick and jumped out and hugged and kissed all the kids and hugged all the mamas and talked for a second. I need those women in my life, even though we have very different lives.
1: But I love that about you that you embrace the families of your friends because that to me is like I mean that I've thought so many times as I've watched you on. I'm like if Annie lived in Charlotte. She would be hanging out with us, like we would. She'd be at the lake with us. Yep. We would be like throwing. That all her sounds in the good car. so far. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, and we're a nuts family, so you'd have to deal with our crazy. But so I know that you would, you'd be right
0: there. Yeah, so. that's right.
1: I'd I would.
0: Um, do you have single people in your family's lives?
1: Oh yes, yeah. I mean tons. Like, and we to the point where even I can think back to when my daughter was born. When my daughter was born. We had a single woman and we, oh, by the way, lived in Brentwood, Tennessee at the time.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot y'all used to live down here.
1: Yep, she was born at Centennial Women's Hospital. And when she was born, we had a single woman named Deb who was one of our favorites. Like she came over and she started, she worked with my husband and she would come watch Survivor with us. So we would, I would fix dinner for her. I'm sure I was a terrible cook. I know I was, but she would come and she would eat. She was super gracious about it. She would play with my kids. And I had two boys under the age of four at the time. So, you know, my my house was like yeah it was nuts, it was nuts and a madhouse but she'd come over and just love on us and with us and so she was adopted part of our family well when my daughter was getting ready to be born she had never been in the delivery room of of anybody and she said i probably will never be married she was she just felt like she probably would never be married although i, I don't know if that was something that god had sort of revealed to her or she i don't know why but she just had this sense okay And her sister had had kids and hadn't had her in the delivery room. And she said, and I just felt in my spirit that she was supposed to be in there. Now, this is weird for me, Annie, because I'm not that person. Like, I'm pretty weird about stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I have not been invited into a a birthing room. That is for sure. Well,
1: and I can tell you, I won't be inviting you in because this, you know, oven is closed. But uh, (laughs) I literally, I invited her in and she took pictures and was just... And it was such a beautiful, for me, it was a beautiful experience to have her in there. But that's to the level we adopted a single woman into our family. So we've been doing that for a long time and still do. Like I still, have. there are certain people, it seems like there are seasons God will bring a new kind of single person into our life and they just, they're just with our family. Like we just do it, you know? Yeah, I love it. What's the benefit to y'all? Oh my gosh, there are tons. Like I, I feel like one of the main benefits to us is, is just having that sort of uh, other person to, I don't know, keep us fresh and tell us things that maybe we kind of, because sometimes we can have this weird, like, the five of us are just going along and doing our thing and we need someone to come in and say, Hey, y'all know that this is going on. And by the way, while you're over here, like camping out as the party of five, this thing's going on. And so sometimes it's, I mean, my kids are pretty up on technology and stuff. So it's not just necessarily like bringing us into the real world. We know what's going on in the real world, but it's like a perspective. I mean, you know, a perspective of saying, Hey, this is what I do, you know, And, and you know, a spiritual component of, you know, talking about the Lord and, I don't know, I look at it as just another person bringing life into our family. So I think there's a life-giving aspect of it that honestly we need because the five of us together can get stale sometimes.
0: Yeah, and, you know, because I can, and I've talked before with my friends who listen to the podcast, uh, talked about the benefit I have from the single side of what it means to be invited into a family, to be loved by a family, and uh, in a lot of ways the commitment that it requires of me and the family. You know, like if you're going to use the word family, then you actually have to show up when you don't want to. You know, and if you're going to if you're going to say that, like, these people treat me like family and they call me family. So even if I have something else to do tonight and the mom needs help with helping the kids take baths, if I'm really family, I need to figure out how to be a part of that and how to step in, even when it isn't being family is never convenient.
1: You know? Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like you do that super well. I just really do. Honestly, no, I do. I feel like you do that really well because I watch it and I think. I mean, I'm envious sometimes because I, I, I miss, we haven't had that for a little while, and I do wish I had that, um, someone to uh, share my kids with, honestly, a little bit, because I think they're super cool, but I would love to have somebody else to go, yeah, I love these kids. This is awesome. They're cool. You know, sure. They're fun. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Kids are, I mean, that that's such a joy for me, my friend's kids. I mean, my, my home screen on my phone is my kid, my friend's kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just love it. I just think they're adorable. I'm so not surprised. I I know, right? I know, I'm a crazy person. Um, Okay, so here's my next question. Y'all live in Charlotte, yes? Tell me your favorite place to eat.
1: (gasps) Oh my gosh, there are so many, and I'm such a foodie around here. I mean, there's so many great places to eat. Tell me, okay. And plus we just love to eat. Hello. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Probably one of my favorites is because I honestly can't pick. And we just went to this new place called Packhouse Charlotte, which now is kind of like, I want to go there every week because it's super neat. And it's got these uh, big glass doors that open up and you feel it. Like it's like an inside outside kind of a thing. And they have all this Southern, like elevated Southern fare. We have so much. Well, you know, Nashville is kind of the same, but we have all this elevated Southern fare in Charlotte. And I just. I love it. But um, Roosters is roosters is probably one of my favorites. Um, it's is that probably local? Because, yeah, it's local. I'm, part, I'm partial to the chef because Chef Nobles is, I mean, he's not only an award-winning chef, but also their family does so much um, in the community. They actually have, I think, three restaurants in town. One is called King's Kitchen that's in Uptown Charlotte, and they employ homeless people in the kitchen, and it's just um, their philosophy of ministry, its of course, it's all fresh, farm to table. But, I mean, it's just their philosophy of ministry is amazing. They're wonderful people, believers that love God. And their food is beyond. Like My husband and I love to go to Roosters and get these um, amazing beets that we share. They're <sighs> oh, like, they're like, I
0: love beets so much. Keep you talking. Do? Oh, okay. I love them. I love them with well, the fullness of who I am.
1: Okay, well that makes me so happy. Um because some do not appreciate our beats, you know this, Annie. I know.
0: And I don't cook them at my house because it looks like a murder scene every time.
1: Okay. Looks like a murder scene. And also, it is so much work. I'm sorry. No. I have, like, one time when I was on this kick of doing one of my mini diets, I, like, did the, got the real beets and, like, chopped the ends off. I literally even did the green, like, the beet greens in one kind of a preparation and then did, like, chop the beets and did them in this... um, like broiled them. And I mean, I would but it took me like 17,000 hours. Uh,
0: thank you. And like 90,000 steps. I know. Yeah,
1: nine, and then also bloody murder scene. Right. So, but they do a, it's a beautiful like beat and they do it in this. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a beautiful roasted beat. And so we love that they do this amazing pan roasted corn, a succotash. I mean, you know, I, I could go on and on. So it's probably my favorite. Plus they have my favorite dessert, which is a homemade, um, Coconut cake, oh, so, okay and it has like this sort of like sauce drizzled on it. I don't know. Don't get me started. You ask me about food, we could be on no. Here for I seven hours.
0: listen. That is the point.
1: <laughs> that is what
0: I'm talking about. Right. Oh, I love it. And and the idea that you went like beets and dessert. I'm yeah. like, thank you,
1: <laughs> thank
0: you very well, much.
1: I, I could also go bread because that would that not be the trinity? I mean, I feel it would. Oh you know I mean? right, yes.
0: <laughs> Yes, I agree. Well done. We have a new intern who started today. You know, first days are always the best days for because a she's like, so meek and nervous. And by the last day, she'll be like yelling at me from the parking lot. Like I know, I know how it works. (laughs) I've done this enough. But she also brought a loaf of gluten free pumpkin bread and i was Ooh. like you're going to fit here just fine <laughs> you have <laughs> you have come to the right office ma'am
1: exactly oh, Bring i was food. happy yes. about it
0: yes Check. i was very happy about it um have you always been a writer has this been like in you for forever
1: well i mean in the sense of like maybe Maybe yes. I mean, I think in my, in my bones, right. In my, like in my, in my makeup, because my mom, which is, this is a little known fact, but my mom is actually an author. So I did not know that. Yeah. She wrote books when I was like an early teenager. And it was so funny because When she wrote this book, she wrote these parenting books. And um, so when she wrote these books, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But that seems super hard. And I'm going to go cheer, be a cheerleader and be with my friends. Bye. (laughs) Man.
0: Oh, I have. Okay. Keep going. I have so many questions.
1: So I was not into it. Like I thought that's cool, but that's her and that's weird sort of. So I didn't care at all. And, you know, and so my father's a pastor, my mom's an author, and I just wanted to have fun. And so, but if I think back, Annie, and I, I kind of suspect you're the same way, if I think back on my life, when anytime I needed to express myself, get out of a, like tell my parents gently that I had a parking ticket, whatever the case may be, I was going to write it down. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. Like I presented something to someone in writing. <laughs> it was always that, okay? And if I look back, like in my college experience, mind you, first of all, no, I was not that awesome author that went, I'm going, that that like took all these writing classes and they are very skilled in their literary prowess. Oh no, that was not me. I was the one who basically just wanted to marry a rich doctor and just sort of like, maybe never, or just do what I want. Like I wanted to be a psychologist. That's what I wanted to do. If I felt like it, but I just didn't, I I did not have any desire, Annie, to write or honestly to do any kind of ministry because my life in ministry with my family was hard in the sense of-
0: As a student, as a young adult.
1: Yeah. As people know, like, as some people know in my background, my father lost his very big church over this scandal with the IRS, which is kind of a, you know, a story that I talk about in one of my books and it's, you know, not worth- I don't want to say not worth going into, but it's it's like that's a a, yeah, yeah, it's just a piece of my life. But point being, I wasn't looking to be an author and a speaker, never, never, never in my life. So I think writing was always in my bones. I I could always express myself. If I look back in college, you know, I was the paper they always used as the example of how to write. But do I know writing? Do I know all the writing rules? Heck, no. That's for all you other awesome people that dude. um, You and me both really skilled, Annie, and that would not be me. I write from my gut. I write from my spirit. That's why we have editors. Yes, exactly. And God bless
0: them. God bless them. They should get so much more cred than they do.
1: I know. They're amazing. So that's kind of, you know, that's a long and short, I don't know if I even answered, but yes, yes and no. So I
0: think this is really interesting because your kids are experiencing this. My children will experience this. Lots of our friends are raising children like this where their parents have books out. Right? And, one, and you're one of the only other adults I know, besides Andrea Lucado, who we had on the podcast a few months ago, whose dad, Max Clato is also, also an author. What is it like when your parents write books?
1: You know, my mom was kind of a—she wasn't like a—well, um, number one, I didn't really—I don't know. She didn't really— talk about it a lot, to be honest with you. And she wasn't Max, Licato. she wasn't Max Licato status. Let's be honest. I mean, that's like other hemisphere. She was, you know, she, her books did well. She was, you know, you know, focus on the family bought them and she was a Tyndale author. So she, it was nothing to sneeze at, but and in, in that day and time, it wasn't kind of what it is now. I mean, you know how, I mean, it was back in the, what, probably mid eighties. Sure. I don't know. Um,
0: it was so it wasn't thought, quite this clearly it wasn't the social media world
1: no no but no. it wasn't
0: even like it didn't affect your daily life probably it
1: didn't affect my daily life and a lot of people didn't even know it right so and also it was I was far removed from it because it was it was parenting books and I was like oh whatever I'm a teenager yeah. I don't care yeah yeah but I will say I you know I thought it was cool so that's cool but I thought it sounded really hard so I think I think her being an author was sort of just fit into our whole ministry life and ministry world. I always knew my mom was hugely talented, but my mom was a very quiet, humble woman who would just give her books away for free, like to everyone. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a career. It wasn't like a thing. It's not what it is now. It was just, she wrote books and we had tons in our garage and she just gave them to everybody.
0: You know? <laughs> That's I I mean, even Let know. me tell you what my kids are going to know cardboard boxes yeah well that's they come in and out of my house (laughs) like I mean we have one right now that is a massive one that we've just been putting other recyclables in and today (laughs) I found it's like you guys we've got to do a better system than this (laughs) we can't just keep having like trash bags piling up in the house
1: (laughs) oh listen as we speak, if you went into my garage, we have them all like you know piled up. And then my, I finally told my husband, like, we need to start writing. Like, how what? How many of these books are actually in here, and which ones are in here? Because you and I are you know we have multiple books at this point, and so it's getting a little confusing. And I, you don't have yours separated by book. Well how I, I well I have a mix of some of them in some of the books because if they've gone to a certain event and they've come back and I haven't sold all of them, yeah, it's a big mess. Listen. Listen, I, I need you to I'm get you worst. an Eliza
0: or a Katie. I need you to get you one of my girls. I need you to just package one of them up and mail them to you for a weekend. Please. Because that please does send not happen at my house. I can't handle that. My brain <laughs> I mean we have on a piece we have a whiteboard in the office that says exactly how many of each product we have every
1: day. Oh, I would probably make you shudder with all the things that you could you could probably organize my life with, yes.
0: <laughs> listen, no no no. Don't hear me saying I can run your life better than you run your life. I totally believe you know how to run your life. I just need you to separate your bugs.
1: <laughs> well, listen, that's just a symptom of, that's the hem of the garment. Okay. Let me just tell you. That is the hem, the of, the hem garment. of the garment. <laughs> yeah.
0: I promise. Oh, blessings on that. I am sorry. That's what I should start giving as gifts to my author oh. friends or just sending my one of my coworkers for, you know, yes. one of my friends who helps me for a day. Like, Merry and Christmas. Yes. I'm sending you Eliza who does everything better than me.
1: <laughs> oh, my word. Start giving people. That well, is I what. Know, I know, right?
0: Do. Just giving yes. some of their skill for a little bit. I'm telling you, I I couldn't do this without them. I, I mean, you just ha- I have to have people. I can't, I'm just, you're smarter than me. I just can't handle it.
1: No, you know what I really am? And this is the truth. I'm bad at asking for help. And, and Annie, that is the honest, yeah. Honest to goodness truth. I'm a, um, yeah, I am. I'm a very much like, and it's not, I I, honestly, it's not that I think I can do it all. Well, I I don't think that's it. I really don't. Because so many balls fall that I mean, I should by now, if that's what I think, then by now I've been humbled. But I can tell you, it's just it's not in my DNA. I'm not good at asking. So I need. I don't know that I'm smarter. I think maybe I'm dumber. So, no,
0: then, Not true. Not <laughs> true. But dear everyone in Charlotte, if you're looking for a part time job, Lisa Whittle is hiring. That's what I'm going to start doing. Actually, instead of sending you people that work for me, I'm just going to start at like a assistant, an author assistant database.
1: You're gonna be like, help Lisa Whittle. This yeah. is gonna be this is gonna be like a dating site. That's right. Except for like you're matching me with an assistant. That's Any, right. I'm, I'm
0: gonna be a matchmaker when it comes to authors and assistants in their city. Man, that sounds like a super fun job. Actually, do you know I do? I do have a tiny version of that here in Nashville. That people call me Nanny Annie, and oh. I can find just about anybody a nanny or a dog sitter. Or I mean, I yeah. I just, I there's a new, believe that. yeah, there's a new family that just moved to town and he has a really uh, public job. And so he was looking for, how do I get people who help me with security that we can trust and that help me with, you know, dog sitting we can trust. And, and I was like, well, let me make some calls. I'll see what I can do. <laughs>
1: I love. That, I love that you're the person, though, that you could call, and you're like, "Let me make some calls." Like, right. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I feel like I could do that with you, and you'd be like, "Let me make some calls." Yeah, and I would. I mean, like, I mean, I know, but there. You know how few people do that. They're all like, "Oh, whatever. I don't have time for you." You know. I mean, oh any, gosh, that's awesome. no way,
0: no way. People would help if you. I mean, no. Well, it's just really fun. I think it's fun. You know, one of my favorite things is when my friends become friends with my friends. So any opportunity I have to put humans together, I'm in. I mean, I'm super in. And so I just love it. So it's just part of how I'm made up. So speaking of your multiple books, this is a terrible question. And you can like super fire me from Friendship for asking, which one's your favorite?
1: (laughs) Actually, I'm not even offended by this. You know what? I'm not. And here's why. It's kind of easy for me to tell you. Um, And I know we shouldn't say it. But do you have a favorite, by the way?
0: Well, when I get asked that question, I have a way to answer most of them as a favorite, you know, cause it, because it's <laughs> seasonal, right? Like it's either the most recent one because it's closest to who I am or that I've looped back and I'm experiencing something that in, that one of my earlier products, one of my earlier books would actually speak to more in my own life. So kind of depends on. Today, it's probably Let's All Be Brave just because I've been doing a lot of work with it recently.
1: Okay. So I'm going to give you the total, like, this is not the PC answer. Cause I know that this is not my newest book, so I shouldn't be saying this, but my favorite book, Annie, that I've ever written is I want God. Uh, and I love tell you I why. want God. I'm so um, glad you said that. Thank you. I'm going to tell you why that's my favorite book. It's my favorite book because, and I swear this to you with everything that's within me. And I'm telling you for your listeners, I'm not like, this is not even a book I'm pitching. <laughs> I wrote this in 2015. So, right. Right. Um, but the book honestly changed my life. And, and, and I, I mean this from every piece of my heart because I, I was so close to never writing and never speaking again. Like I was about to quit. Yeah. I was about to quit the ministry and, um, and I, why? Oh my gosh, Annie, because I had, okay. So I had written this book called whole, which
0: yes, I love whole as well.
1: Well, it had, thank you. It was, you know, that was the book where I really talked about like my experiences when I was a young woman and growing up in the church and how my father lost his church. And it was a story that I hadn't told publicly in almost 20 years. And my father at the time was still living. And, you know, here I am. I love the church. I love my dad, but like both of them had some things that happened that weren't right on either side. And I felt really responsible to the Lord to tell this story, right? So I ended up writing that book twice, um, like 55,000 words. I threw the first version, Annie, in the trash. No, ma'am. Yeah. And so I wrote that book essentially for like, I don't know, two and a half years, right? So, I mean, it literally like thrashed me. I mean, and so, okay, I don't know if there's anything that feels more fraudulent than writing a book called Whole, and you release it into the world, and you feel broken. So like I'm like I'm like God, I don't know that I can do this anymore because the more that I was talking about things, and you know the God was was bringing more things up, and you know making me work on more stuff, and it was uncomfortable, and I didn't want to do it, and so. I was like, I just don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I can keep being, because, you know, my, my books aren't lightweight. So I was like, you know, writing some hard stuff. And I was like, I don't know. And so honestly, the book, I Want God. And I mean, it, 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 it talks about, I, I literally took this road trip and, um, I told God that I just want to be a normal person. I don't know what that is because I don't really know what a normal person is. But what I really meant was I just don't want you to mess with me anymore. And I don't want to have to inspire people and sort of just let me live this like safe life, whatever that looks like. And, um, and I realized when I say I want God, that that's not just a book title. Like that was what I called the heart cry of the sick of me life. Like I was so over myself, Annie, I cannot even express it to you in words. And I Want God was like a guttural, like, I don't know what else to cry because I can't do this anymore if I can't have him. Because the only way I knew to get better was to pursue God harder because I I tried everything else. So that book changed my life. Um, oh. And, you know, obviously. Man, and I
0: think that that is something that I authors and I discuss pretty often here on the podcast is. Not a lot of people outside of this job recognize the most beautiful pieces that, of what we get to do or the hardest pieces of what we get to do. And that conversation you're having right now th- that with us is one of the pieces that I think every author, probably every pastor, every, um, every person who is giving f- on behalf of God to people, which is everyone who claims to be a Christian, I think, has a hard time going like, okay, this, I don't want to do this anymore.
1: I mean, it, it was so, so real. And honestly, the funny, the interesting thing about it, it's not funny, it's interesting, but like that book has such a reaction from the readers that literally like, and and, and I can tell you, I wrote chapter one and I, I mean to tell you that it is such a revival that I, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was breathing down on my neck. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I promise you it was that much of an experience that I don't think I've had before or since to that degree. And people have such a reaction that they're like, I I read chapter one, seven times. They're like, I literally read it seven times. Or they'll say, I read the book through three times. I've read, I read it through every year. Or they'll say, I wanted to throw the book across the room. I'm like, listen, I I get, I'm like, I'm fine with that because (laughs) I felt the same way. Right. Right. I know. I know. You know, I'd rather you have a reaction out of it because at least you, at least something happened to you. You know, yes, yes. rather than go, oh, I read chapter one and it was fine and I put it on my shelf. I mean, look, yeah. we've got way, way too many books like that. So, oh, listen. Anyway. And I
0: have a friend who's working on a book right now, and he, and just last weekend, he told a handful of us this like, this majorly beautiful revelation he's had from scripture, and I was like please don't put it at the end. Please put it in the middle. <laughs> exactly. like if you, I'm so scared if you put it at the end. Just there are so many people who don't get to the end of books, which I get because we're busy and Twitter and whatever. But I'm like, oh, please don't. That's so gorgeous. Please don't put it at the end.
1: You know what? And the truth is, Annie, I always, my favorite chapters of all of my books are always the last chapter. And I'm always like, I know I've messed myself up because that's my favorite chapter, but most people won't ever get to it because Barna, When I I, I worked with George Barna on a project on my book haul and he, he gave me the statistic that's ruined me for life. So now I'm going to ruin you for life. Oh, no. And basically, he I, said it's, that, I'm
0: going to hate this so much, aren't I? I'm going to hate it so yeah, much. You're going to hate it with oh. all your
1: life, but Gosh. it's important for writers to know this. He said that every reader only reads a third of every book. Every anymore. no, so,
0: I, know, I know, I know, I oh, know. I'm retiring. This is this is my podcast where I officially announce my
1: retirement. <laughs> well, well, you always have the podcast. There's that's that, right. You know? Well, probably people
0: only listen to the first third, which we have bypassed, so they aren't even here. No one's listen. here. It's just us.
1: If they're not having fun with us. I don't know what else to give them. You
0: know, I mean, <laughs> that's the truth. Listen, if this isn't good for them, I, literally, this is my best stuff. <laughs>
1: same here. I've got nothing else. We've talked food, you know, that's right. But, but, um, but yeah, and so he told he's told me that, and I'm like, oh gosh, you know, what am I doing anymore? But I, I mean, I do think it's important to know as we move forward with writing. But so anyway, that honestly, that book has my heart. I'm not sure that any will ever grip me the same. Obviously, yes. I mean, the things that I'm writing now, I find hugely important, especially for right now in this culture. I think, I think, put your warrior boots on. That that obviously, I don't know what we're going to talk about is is uh, really important. And five word prayers, this little devotional book that I'm that I'm releasing too. One of the things that meant a lot to me about it, Annie, is. I, you know, I wrote it when my dad was dying. And so, you know, there's something about like, I don't know, the simplicity of it and stuff that ministered to my heart. And even now, like just brings me to this point where I'm like, I'm so glad God doesn't hold us to these flowery numbers of words we have to say. So I'm with you. Like everything I write is at that moment, except for my first book, I feel like I kind of burned the first batch of cookies on that one. So, um, I don't know. I, not that I don't want anyone to buy it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) it's like, I look back at my early books and I'm like, Ooh, um, those weren't my fa- as much my favorite. But every book does have a special place in your heart. But you do grow as an author. So, right. you know, those things. Are yeah, good. and they yeah.
0: all, I mean, uh, we both write similarly in this that so much of my books are yearbooks to what I am experiencing at the time. Oh, yeah. So perfectly unique. I love it. I also wrote it a while ago and I was a different Annie with a different story and different pains and different joys. And so I honor her and she wrote the best book she could write that year. That is not the best book I could write today. But I'm grateful that God still puts it in hands and still uses it. But but I have to honor her for doing the best work she
1: could do. That's good. No, that's a good word for me too. So yeah, I agree with you. It's also why I don't love
0: commercials where overweight people hold up old pants and then drop them and they're super skinny behind the old pants. Cause I'm like, why, why are you so dishonoring to who you used to be? That person was doing the very best they could do with what they had. And you are shaming a version of you from five years ago or two years ago. And so I think, man, I, I, I don't ever want to be unkind to a version of myself that was doing the best she could.
1: That's really good. Thank you for that. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad nobody's uh, hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> we're the only two on We're here? the only two still left. Laugh. <laughs> Annie, I can just tell you
0: we are rocking this out. Oh, my gosh. And I have such a grainy cough from all these allergies. Oh, my gracious. And so I'm laughing like I'm an old person, which, you know, (laughs) I love old people. Um, Okay, let's talk a little bit. You know what I've never told you that I want to tell you is one of a, a word someone spoke over me, which is a Christianese way of saying that someone was praying for me and they had this word come to their mind. And so they came and told it to me was the word warrior. And it was maybe four years ago, and it has really impacted how I made decisions and how I think of myself. And so I loved your book from the moment I saw the title, Put Your Warrior Boots On. But I, I just think men and women need to hear like, hey, this is who you are. You can be as strong spiritually as you want to be.
1: Yep. It's super true, and I just, you know, I kind of felt like that there were so many of us that were walking around that were, you know, just like people who didn't know Jesus. So, you know, I know people and have friends that are non-believers. There are people in my family that don't know Christ in a heart kind of a way, and they're great humans, but the reality is, is you know, when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, there's something that's that's supposed to happen, and it's not just, you know, it's not just this you know, I'm gonna go to heaven thing. It's this there's supposed to be a better life attached to it. Yeah. And that's not just like a slow. But like that, better
0: be, unpack better for me, because I think that yeah. can be so mis- generic. Yeah. Yeah. And you're misunderstood right. okay. and sound like a used car salesman. You don't sound like exactly a used car right. salesman, but no. it can sound that way.
1: No, you're right. And I'm glad you pushed that. Um yeah, it's when I say like a better life, I mean like Seriously, a a fuller life, a less unstable, a a more stable life, a life that does not have um, so much... uh, anxiety to it. And yes, fear, which I know is something that we're taught, we talk about a lot. And so, you know, look, I'm not one that likes cliches. I'm not like, I mean, even when, even the word warrior, it's like, now I see it everywhere. And I'm like, oh, people are going to think this is such an overused at this point. But I I think the word for me, it's like, I want people, it's exactly as you just said, you know, when I read Ephesians one, and I hear about this the authority of God and the, the, who he is. And I read this little book right as I was kind of, God was formulating this whole message in my heart by Watchman Nee, who was a martyred Christian oh, in the seventies. Which and, one, which of these did you
0: read? And there
1: are multiple. Well, it was this, yes, there's multiple. And this one was his tea tiny book called Sit, Walk, Stand that is literally the size of, you know, nothing. And it's, I mean, I think it's like $3 on Amazon. Everyone and those
0: should, end up messing you up so hard, don't they?
1: listen this thing forget it it, right. it like messed me up for days but it's right. it really it, it talks all about Ephesians and it and I thought okay wait this is this is you know who God is he is the highest and the greatest and he's never getting giving up this position he's never going to be dethroned I mean look I mean don't get me started preaching on this because I will you're welcome but rea- here. The, but the reality the reality is is this is our God this is my God and yours, Annie. This is the one who is so very personal to us. This is the one we said, yes, I'm going to accept you into my heart and into my life. And when we do that, like we get something in return for that. And it's not just, I'm going to heaven. It's, you know, I get this, this personal God who walks with me and there's a covering here as I walk through this earth. And so, but here's how we walk around. We walk around like people that don't know hope we walk around, you know, and so things happen on the news, right? And so we hear the news and I'm watching our reactions on social media in particular, but I'm also hearing it, you know, as I travel and speak, as I overhear, you know, uh, coffee shops and as I talk talk with my friends, but you know, and, and here in the neighborhoods, you know, we're like, we're panicking right around with everybody else. And look, I know we're, we're human. We're not in our best life yet, which our best life in every single sense is the one we will have in heaven. It's not here. We're not there yet. Okay. But the reality is, is, you know, God knew that we would be here for a while until we got there. And so he makes us promises in the Bible about how we can live. He also tells us how to do it. It's a book of preparation. That's not like Lisa Whittle's idea. That's like his idea. But the problem is, is that we want to prepare for everything else. We want to make a plan and a strategy for everything that we do, except for our spiritual lives. We just want to wing that. And Annie, it's like too hard out there to just wing it anymore. And that really is why I thought, okay.
0: I mean, that that needs to be a t-shirt. It is too hard out there to wing it anymore. That is the truth, Lisa. That is absolutely the truth. There is too much up against us to just like, not read the Bible for yourself (laughs) or just eat what everybody else is feeding you versus thinking it through yourself.
1: Well, it is. And here's what people think. They're like, and and I get this because, look, I've been in the church my whole entire life. So what we think is we're like, okay, I'm going to live for God and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put my warrior boots on because I'm going to do it for God because, look, I'm going to be a good Christian because I want to do what he wants me to do. Look, okay, let me just say this. Yes. Obey God because he deserves it. Absolutely. And he also expects it. Yes. But do it for yourself. You know why? Because when you put, when you do this, like when you prepare your life, I call it, put your warrior boots on, because I just want to give people a visual of what that strength looks like. When you do that, you do yourself a favor because you help stabilize your life. So like when, you know, all these things come out in the news, I'm not saying that you're never going to have a fearful idea or a worry because look, we're human. We wear flesh. We're not at our, we're not at our heavenly life yet. But what I'm telling you is if we do what God says in the Bible about preparation, there is a way of living that is different from the people who don't prepare their lives in that way. That's a Bible promise. That's not my, that, you know, so here's my deal. I just say to people, I'm a pragmatist. Like I, I, th- I think things through. So I'm like, look, people can live however they want. It's true, and I'm not, I'm not pushing God on you. I'm not telling you that, you know, oh, I, you know, put your worry boots on because you know this is what God wants you to. I'm telling you this. Here's the deal: you can walk. You're going to walk through this life one way or the other. There are going to be hills. There are going to be storms. There are going to be. You're going to have to walk on some rough terrain. You can choose to walk through this life in. Flip flops. Now, in the summer, in the, you know, in my in my like physical life, I love to wear flip-flops, wear them year round. They're the most amazing shoe that man ever created. I love to wear, you know, flip-flops. But in your spiritual life, those flimsy souls are not going to cuff the cut the rough terrain you got to walk on. I mean, they're just not. Andy, they're just not going to do it. And I say in my book, and I really believe this, a crazy hard world calls for a crazy strong Jesus follower. I mean, we have to match the intensity of the world, and some of us are trying to do this with with like with what I call in the book a godish faith, having having a form of godliness, Second Timothy, but denying the power to make us godly. I mean. That's the problem with m- most of us. It's like we look good. We're like, I like mean, how you quietly
0: like most of us. <laughs> oh well, You're I like, mean, look, all of us. <laughs> well, well,
1: yeah. I mean, look. I mean, me. I, I, Dude, I mean, me my too. look. All of this writing convicts me. Everything that I write about is what God has pounded me with first. You Don't know that. I
0: know it, man? Listen, that's. I mean, I, you know, I'm right finishing a first draft of a book, and I'm like, well, I hope this does a third to everybody else what it did to me. <laughs> oh, I mean.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it really, it does. And I just, but I love the church so much because I mean, it's been my entire life. It's been all I've ever known. My longest relationship has been with the church. I was like almost born there. My, you know, that's where I was, you know, where I've been. And so I just want my, I want fellow believers to understand, look, you don't have to go through what life white knuckling it. You don't have to like, just hang on by a thread you really can live this life, what I call Jesus strong. And it's not a slogan. It's the Bible. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. I just I, so what I tried to do in this book, Annie, is just like put it together, like and just say, here it is. Like this is not a when the time comes, you can just sort of scramble. This is a before the time comes, you need to be prepared because we don't know what's gonna happen in a year we don't know what's going to happen in two years. It's so funny. When I wrote this, like in my head, I wrote this book like three years ago and I was trying to pitch it to some publishers and I had a different title and I was like, okay guys, like there's a lot going on in the world and and there's going to be a lot more and it's going to be, there's going to be some really tough times. And do you know, a lot of publishers just didn't get it. They were like, I just don't really think the world's that bad. I'm like, Really, are you smoking crack? Like, what is going on with you? Do you really not see what is happening in this world, and do you really not get where we're going? Because, and and here's the thing: I I would love to talk about something easier, but that's not going to make the stuff go away. So instead of just pretending that things are going to get easier, I just would like us to prepare for it, so we can go on and enjoy life and influence people, and do what we're supposed to do. Because when we get our life in order, just things are much better for everyone. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's what this book is really kind of for just so that we rise to our spiritual potential. Cause I feel like that most of us, I don't want to say all of us, cause I don't want to put that whole qualification there, but I think most of us, a great majority of us are living life below our spiritual potential. And this is a call to rise to that.
0: Yes. I oh come on. You and I both love the local church. I love the local church. I wrestle with the local church and I wrestle for the local church, right? As someone who has spent your life, the longest relationship of your life was with, is with the local church. Tell someone listening who has never been, or who has been once or twice and doesn't want to go back, like why the local church? Why would it benefit to spend some time in a local church?
1: Well, you know, I I think like anything else, it's, you know, the first couple of times for anything is rough. Right. So, I mean, you know, we always want to, I just always feel like a lot of times my first impressions, my first reaction of almost anything is, is rough. And especially, you know, when you go into, when you're in a vulnerable place and you're looking for something and honestly, you know, church people aren't always, don't always behave well because we're just not perfect. Uh, And so What I would say to them is, you know, give it a chance and keep giving it a chance because the value of community, and and, and I know people say that and that's become sort of a slogan too, but I I can tell you this coming from a personality who is very much a Lone Ranger because I've spent my life um, being, you know, claiming my independence because I tend to be more of an independent, that you get to a point in your life where you realize that doing life alone is not where it is. It gets lonely, Annie. It really, really does. I learned it the hard way. And a lot of that was my own fear of, you know, just what if someone hurts me? It was my own reaction, you know, of of feeling that way. And so I can just tell you from a personality who doesn't naturally gravitate maybe toward community that, that the risk is worth it because community is so sweet. We, you know, there are just things we can't handle on our own. There's something that happens when you get into the middle of a crisis and you have people who wrap their arms around you or who text you or who who say to you, um, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to do this for you. And that's something that I've seen in the local church that I haven't seen outside of the local church. I mean, you know, communities are great and neighborhoods are great, but the church rallies in crisis like I've never seen anywhere. Yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like we, we are watching that with what's going on in Houston and in Florida, seeing the church take care of people.
1: Yeah. So I would just say, you know, give it a chance, give it a shot. And and you, you're, the first try of where you go to find community may not be your place, you know, but keep going. Cause gosh, you know, play, there's a lot of places to choose from, but, but dive in with some people and in your community right now may look like a Bible and five people, but, you know, you know, gather together with some, with some people pray and see God and, um, I do believe in the church. Uh, it's it's man. It's been a safe place for me many times over. Even though it's a place that's hurt me, it's a place that's also helped heal me. And I just believe that's the beauty of God. He can do that in a way that nobody else can.
0: Right. I agree. I'm a, I'm I'm such a big fan of. And we. I mean, it's been real interesting because you know this about our story, and my friends who listen do to too. But we had a really hard year at my local church, and only because God's really kind and did a lot of work in me I actually think I've come out the other side more sure of the power of the local church versus wanting out. Mm, that's so good. But to be clear, I wanted out. <laughs> I mean there oh, was yeah. there was a season in the last year where I thought this does not work for me and I'm going to figure out another way to do life. So I certainly have tried the or at least considered the other options. But I, I'm I'm grateful that God saw fit to kind of say, "Hey, stick around and see what see what I'll do."
1: I don't trust many people who haven't said, "I don't know if this works for me." Like yeah. I just feel like, you know, I just feel like that's a part of, you know, who we are and 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 questioning and all of that. But you know, I, I it, I'm so grateful. I think the reason why the church works is because, duh, the genius God thought it up. I mean, you know, anything that He thinks up is going to work, right? So. You know we're flawed humans and we mess it up, but the ordination, the idea of church works because the genius himself thought it up. So we tarnish it, but at the core, it works.
0: Yeah, that's right. We tarnish it, but at the core, it works. That is, man, you're you're just a little
1: quote factory. Oh my gosh, I don't. Well, I can tell you, uh, uh, I do my best work on the fly, right? Yeah, so, right.
0: So. <laughs> listen, hey, my first draft is sadly usually my best draft. <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. All right. If I think too much about this whole thing, I'll mess the whole thing All up. All right, so
0: good that's thing. it. That's it. Hey, listen, that's how I am when I'm sending a text message to a cute guy, right? If I think too much, <laughs> I'm going to screw this up. Just go, girl, now, Let go. me just tell you,
1: I really do my best work in text messages. I have a friend who we we like give commentary on our favorite shows Yeah, and we do it, we do it via text. Yeah. And literally I'm like, I promise you, these are the most brilliant texts. I, I pro- if someone read these and I just said texts. by that's the way, right. That's, that's right. You're welcome that's here. That's such an author. Awesome thing. That's right. I said, I really need everyone to appreciate how brilliant these analysis texts are of these shows. And I just wish that people could really have okay, a place Tell me what you're watching. Well, it, okay. The tech note, listen, this would be like a text analysis of people that were on America's next top model. Like we would be like, okay, so that's not on right now, but we would say, okay, this girl, but I would not cast her and here's why. And so we would oh, go through that sure, whole thing. Sure. Or we would say, and I'm still, and I still watch things like Survivor. So I know that's not cool in Netflix, but I still, so we would say, okay, look, we would give everybody nicknames. We would tell, we would say, okay, this is why he has no chance of winning. Dah, 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 dah. So we, we do this from like show one and we're very proud of it. And we're very good by the way. But, um, but no, I'm not the fun, like Jamie Ivy asked me this on her podcast and she's like, okay, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm the worst person to ask. What are you watching? Because first of all, I got rid of Netflix because my kids were watching it too much so I literally did get rid of it because we had to do it for our grades thing. I know that's a super downer thing to say on the, no, no, no.
0: the podcast. Hey, listen, that's real life.
1: It was one of the um like decisions we had to make because we were like, we want our kids to pass school. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like it, 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 right? so we we're
0: like okay, I feel like I that's go. a really wise reason to do that.
1: But in the process, I've punished myself and we've punished everyone. So because we're all having to pay for it. But I'm not a super fun, like, um, you know, Netflix person. But I, you know, I do still don't get me wrong. I still like my shows. I still watch certain things, but it's mostly still like lame sort of reality TV. Because like I watched Married at First Sight, Who? which one of like you probably have two listeners that watch Married at First Sight. But it was one of the most fascinating shows I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't watch it. I'm a psychology person, so I love watching someone meet at the altar and get married. I mean, Annie, seriously, can right. you imagine the, the train wreck that is? No,
0: I can't. I can't. I really can't. That's why I couldn't watch it. It made me feel a lot of weird things.
1: <laughs> well, you would feel many, many weird things, and I can tell you they feel many, many weird yeah, things.
0: Yeah, they'd have so, to. They'd have to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's yeah. So I'm not the fun person to ask about that. But okay, you know. well, good
0: on y'all for do you know, someone asked me today on Instagram, because I posted these couple of books that I'm working my way through. And they said, How do you find time to read? <laughs> and I thought, I want to go like, well, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Right? Like, do, yeah. you have, do you have seven kids? That's a different story. Did you watch seven hours of Netflix? That's a different story. Right? right. Like, like, I, I don't know. I can't help you how, I tell you how to find time. I can just tell you, I don't have kids and I don't watch seven hours of Netflix though. I am working my way through Dark. Do you know Dark? No. What is do you, it? Do you like English, like pride and prejudice kind of stuff?
1: Um, no, that's a no. That's a hard no. You're going to be mad at me for it. See, no. I want to. I, In my heart, I want to. No, no, but no, I'm no, not. no, no. No, you know why I want to? Because I feel like that everyone who's truly awesome likes stuff like that. And I just <laughs> want to be a part of that. But I feel like I'm not. No, I'm actually not a part of that coolness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: So that is something I'm watching. I am not. I mean, hear me clear. I don't, like, sit around and read and not watch TV because I love TV. I, I love watching soccer. I love watching, you know, different things. But, but I also really love reading. And I think... If I'm going to ask other people to read my books, I should read their books. It's kind of how I think.
1: Well, same. And also, by the way, we have so much football that happens in my house. Like we are, you know, remember I've got like, I had a college athlete up until this year. And then I had a, my my son plays high school football. My daughter's a cheerleader and soccer player. So we're inundated with sports all the time in my house. So literally we don't get, there's not like tons of time that I have to watch lots of stuff, except for at night when everyone leaves me alone. And I too love to read, so I mean, there's that. So yeah, but and by the way, I just finished The Glass Castle. I'm like, <gasps> oh. I, I know, I'm, I'm 95 years behind. No, no, on no. That.
0: Did you love it though?
1: I did love it, and I also watched the movie. Have you seen the movie?
0: Yes, I went and saw the movie and had so many feelings. Okay,
1: well, did you like it though? Was that one yes? Of the I did
0: like it. Well, here's the thing about me: I either like movies or I love movies. Like, I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I do not have the most refined palate when it comes to movies. I just am like, yeah, that was really fun. I had a Coke Icy. And I go, I don't go see him a ton. And so, so I did like it. I thought, yeah, it just made me think a lot about family and where people come from and, and the sufferings we don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, the book and the movie sort of ruined me for a while with parenting. Or, or made me a better parent because what I do is basically now, and my kids like, they probably hate me for it. Cause now I'm like, they're like, mom, I'm bored. I'm like, listen, they did not have food in their house. They did not have a toilet. They did not have anything right. to do. I Do not, want to, do not speak to me right. about your bored Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right.
0: I provided you a toilet. What more do you right.
1: need? Right. right. So I kept them no slack. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's right. Um, that's okay that you don't watch *Pride and Prejudice Englishy things. I have pretty weird, um, likes when it comes to kind of TV stuff. So I'm okay. We can still be friends.
1: Well, I feel like that's kind of though. I feel like really cool people like stuff like that, and I just don't because I didn't watch. You're welcome to come over to the team. Well, I've never seen an episode of Downton Abbey. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I think your lack of liking may be a lack of knowledge.
1: I think you're right. Okay. So two things that me, I so two things you're probably going to have to help me with. One, getting a person to help count my books. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got that on my list. Yeah. Okay, and down and like some type of you know, refining myself with this watching that I need to be doing, like yes. Downton Abbey okay. or okay. something, right? Yes, because I'm here I for think... you. Okay, I just, I need some help. I got you. Um, okay, hey,
0: listen, here's the last question we always ask. Because the podcast is called That Sounds Fun, I have to know what sounds fun to you right now. No financial calendar, nothing's bugging you. You can do whatever you want. What sounds fun?
1: Oh, my gosh, what sounds fun that I, I have no restrictions My brain can't even wrap my mind around it.
0: (laughs) I know. So give yourself basic restrictions if you need to.
1: I mean, Annie, what sounds fun is like literally me going somewhere um, away with my family. No, no, I'm not taking my family. I'm going. (laughs) I've just decided I'm going by myself. And I am going to Sedona, Arizona, and I am going to go to the the world-famous spa, and I am going to be there for by myself for four days.
0: Okay. What about that spa is the one to go international for? Not international. I'm ridiculous. To go a clear across the country for?
1: Well, because clearly I've looked up where the best spas in America. Okay, got it,
0: got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got <laughs> so, it. Sedona, got it.
1: Arizona has one of them, and I want to go. I want to go and I want to do that. Spas are sort of my, like, I just feel like those are the places that I go to really. Um, be and do nothing. So that's that's not a very fun answer though. Oh my I feel gosh, like yes that's... it is.
0: No, that's wonderful. Do you know what my answer is going to be? A bath. I love oh I to be in a huge <laughs> bathtub. <laughs> so, I am
1: so <laughs> okay, so I'm so overshot like I am so But no, you know, no, no. no, that's so, the
0: beauty. The question is so open-ended. Some people say they want to go across the country and some people say they want to go to Disney World and some people say they want to eat a good dinner. I mean, it's, that's the beauty of fun, my friend. Oh yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. That would be fun for me because I refuel sort of by myself. So going to a spa and doing that sounds like fun. Yeah. Okay. i I, I might have a girlfriend or two meet me there like the third day (laughs) not the first day not the first day i need to be by myself the first two days i love it i want girlfriends okay that's That's brilliant
0: actually i was supposed to go to the beach for a couple weeks this summer and that's exactly how i had set it up where yeah where i literally was there for four days by myself and then my girlfriends were coming for the weekend
1: See, that's the thing. We got to have our time and then we got to have all the girls. Yeah. Because it's the third third
0: day I want to share it with somebody. Right, right, right. Exactly. All right, friend, you're a dream. Thanks for being on the show. I'm so grateful.
1: I've loved it, Annie. This has been the most fun. Oh, well, then all the
0: victories have been had. I'm thrilled. (laughs) I love you. Oh, I'm just so grateful for Lisa. She's such an easy friend to talk to. I just enjoyed sitting with her and chatting. And yeah, it just felt like us hanging out. And I'm really, really grateful. Hey, if you enjoyed this conversation with Lisa, make sure you grab her book, put your warrior boots on or the other ones we talked about whole or I want God. She just has quite the collection on Amazon or at your local bookstore. You know, I'm a local bookstore fan, so check with them first, but definitely check out all of her stuff. And also if you like hearing from female authors, hi, I am one. So yay, we're friends, but also we've had Angie Smith on the show. We've had Rebecca Lyons on the show, Bianca Oltoff, Emily Freeman. You can just go back through Shauna Nequist, who I adore. You can just go back through and check out some of those other episodes of the podcast. Hey, if you need to find me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find across the internet. Annie F Downs, F as in fancy, all across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you would need to find me, Annie F Downs. And if you get a chance and can rate and review the show, that would mean a ton. It just lets other people know that they are welcome here, and it's a fun place to be. So I hope you have a great day. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and we will see you next week.